Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the latest episode of Rockstar 101. His name is Brandon. He is the DJ. His name is Shim. He is the rock star. Class is in session. Lots of things that we need to talk about on this episode of Rockstar 101. But the first thing that we need to jump into is Shim has moved, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. He hasn't left Australia, but he does have a new house. We did the new house move, and by the way, the reason I'm talking at a lower volume for this one is because for some, my, okay, so there's, there's a few elements to the story. Basically, my kids are asleep, they're sick, they're gonna be fine, but they're asleep, they're sleeping in. Normally, I don't have to deal with any of this. I am certain I would bet money on the fact that one of them's gonna walk in and say, Daddy, Daddy, and you're gonna hear a five minute conversation of me saying, go and sit on the couch and watch TV for half an hour <laughs> while Daddy does his podcast. Um, but we moved into a house. It's just, just we just needed to move to a place that was bigger, so I had a bit more space for my studio. The kids had a backyard, usual stuff. Time to upgrade the life. But when the t- and I was just talking to Brandon before we started the podcast, and I said, "There's everyone knows that I think like the two most stressful things. It's ironic. The two most stressful things that you can do in your life is dealing with the death of a family member and then moving. Moving house is actually one of the most stressful experiences you can have within normal life outside of going to war and stuff." Um, so we were planned, we, we expected, like we got two kids, they're insane, I'm going to be doing all the heavy lifting, my wife's going to be doing all the organizing, it's going to be a nightmarish couple of weeks. But I wasn't planning for God to come down and intervene and just throw a bunch of bizarre shit in the mix, man. <laughs> like we, the only day that we were able to move logistically was on the day that was the hottest, because everyone knows that the bushfires have been happening. And part of the problem with the bushfires is the heat. It was 110 degrees on the day that we planned to move from 7 a.m. to midnight. The whole day was between 37 and 42 degrees Celsius, which is about 108 to 115. Mm. Like night, like insanely hot. The sort of heat where people actually stay inside. So then they said they're moving to this is fucking poetic when I'm remembering it. We ordered this. Uh, you got you got the you got the choice of a 4.5 ton truck or a six ton truck when you're hiring a truck to move your stuff. We had more stuff than when we moved in. We knew that we hired a four and a half ton truck when we moved in. I said, we need a six ton truck. We got more stuff. Six ton truck shows up. It can't pull in the driveway. We live on a major road and it can't pull into the driveway. There's a tree and the driveway is too thin. They tried for 15 minutes. The truck sticking out into the middle of the street blocking traffic. They said, we have to leave. This is a hazard. We're going to cause an accident. I said, yes, you're right. I totally understand. You know, it's like eight o'clock in the morning. Well, actually it wasn't. It was like 10 o'clock in the morning. They were an hour late. So they're an hour late to start with. It's blistering hot. They said, we have to go. So they leave. They say another truck's coming in like half an hour. So I called the head office. They said, yes, another truck's coming in four hours. I said, wait, the other guy said half an hour. And by the way, this is called, I'm going to look up the name of this company because I want to trash them. I normally don't do this, but they were so bad that I actually want anyone who's listening in Australia to not hire this company. So it was called, I'm going to make sure I'm going to look it up and make sure that I get the the name of the company right first. Yeah, you want to make sure that if you're going to bash somebody, you got to make sure you get it proper. (laughs) Yeah. So then we get to like two o'clock in the afternoon and they still haven't showed up. We call it 2.30 and they're like, yes, yes, uh, you ordered a, a six ton truck. I said, no, 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 we changed it to a four and a half ton because we, we, we talked to you four hours ago and they said, oh, okay, we'll make a new reservation. And I said, no, 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 what? I said, what do you mean new? Like, where's my old, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> and they said, oh yes, we, we canceled your reservation. I was, oh my God, so this whole four hours, nothing's been happening. Okay, we're going to call the dispatch. We're gonna send a new truck. I'm like, cool. So now they're like, oh, it should arrive around five o'clock. 
So from 10 o'clock to five o'clock, I was just sitting in the house in the heat oh. with no air conditioning and couldn't, and couldn't leave because I was expecting this, to, 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 this truck, this majestic, amazing truck to magically appear that was never even on the way. Finally, I'm telling you, dude, this was where it was fucking poetic. Finally, at six o'clock, like the end of the day, and I'm like, okay, it's, a, it's not going to fit everything because it's a, it's a smaller truck. I know that it's like the end of the day. I just have to move the stuff that I can't move in my car. I got to move the couch, the washing machine, the fridge, all the big stuff, right? Got to get all that in the truck, get it to the new house, get it out, get it in the house, and then end the day because the day's over. Mm-hmm. I've got to get it in the truck. So I talked to these two guys and they just basically walked in. They looked at my stuff and I said, I, uh, my house is covered in shit, right? It's just, everything's a mess. Mm-hmm. And I just said, don't worry. You don't have to move everything. I just need this, 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 and this. Just all the big stuff. And they walked out. They were Indian. It's an Indian company. And they spoke to each other in Indian. So I couldn't understand what they were saying. Mm-hmm. And then the guy turns around to me and he says, we cannot, we cannot do this. And I said, what? Well, I said, no, this is several trips. And I said, no, 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 I understand. Maybe there was a miscommunication. One trip, I just need you to move all the big stuff. I know it's the end of the day. Just, I just got to move the stuff. Like I got to move the big stuff. He said, no. And I swear to God, this is what he said. I cannot, no, we are too tired. We're too tired. I said, what? You're too... I said, wait a minute, I, I, guess I, 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 I short-circuited in my head. I'm like, no, they didn't just say that. That doesn't make sense. You're a moving company. You're paid to move things. Your boss called you and told you that you're coming to this house to move these things to another house. That's what you do. And then you, you show up, you're here. You're actually, it's the equivalent of me flying to Tampa, Florida for a, a, a promoter that said, we'd like you to come and sing. Here's a few thousand dollars. And I show up and I go, yeah, I know I just arrived and I've taken all the time to get here, but I'm tired. I'm not going to do it. Ugh. Like, how the fuck would that go down? Like, so they literally said, and I swear to God, this was the thing that pissed me off. I said, I'm sorry, this isn't actually going to work out. This isn't going to work. You have to move some of the stuff because I'm in a bind now. And he said, no, no, we're calling another truck. Another truck's coming. I said, no, they said that last time, please. Okay. And I said, get, get the manager on the phone. Let's talk to him together because there must be a communication problem. Something's wrong. But get and he said no no we are leaving and I said what you're just leaving he said yeah and the guy turned to me as as I said no wait a minute you're you're leaving and he turned to me and he said what 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 and I was like oh fuck it's like that oh shit and I started to pop and when I start to pop I get I I switch I'm like and I had to I had to choke on my words because I was like look I had to really like that I had to go into Zen brain because I was like okay you're by the side of the road. There's people, the trucks on the side of the road. There are people driving past him. If you grab this guy or you scream at him or do anything, there's witnesses all around. And I'm, cause I'll, I'll go crazy, right? So I had to choke it down. I had to be, and then on top of it, what are you going to get out of it? They're not going to move your stuff if you flip out on these guys. They're not, they've, they've made it clear that they're done. You need to call the head office and, and fucking report it and get them fired mm-hmm. or ex- at least say, you got to, you got to take care of these guys and then you got to give me a discount. Like, what would a rational person do? A rational person would say, fine, piss off. My day's shot to hell. Call the manager, give me a discount, and then send another truck. By the time it was done, I mean, it was such a fucking drag, dude. It was such a drag. It was one of those days. It was one of those days where you just get to the end of the day and you're like, I guess I just got fucked. Like, mm-hmm. I, 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 like I just, I just happened. 
like I could I could I could be one of those guys that you you know like your your angry drunk uncle where he's like so I just grabbed him and threw him across the bar that'll show him yeah, yeah. I got kicked out I never got invited back to the bar but at least I showed him and you look and you you, you pity the uncle like you're just a fucking hothead so mm-hmm. I could have been that guy and instead I was the rational guy and I wish I was the hothead because as I'm talking about it I'm fucking just you ah, get you're getting fucking ah. pissed off aren't you I'm getting fucking pissed right yeah because but the irony is is that they, they said, yeah, we're sending a third truck. And I, I just called back and I'm like, you know what? Just fucking, just forget it. I'm right the day I'm riding it off. I'm, I'm, what do you do? You cut your losses. I'm going to cut yeah. my losses. We're going to start again tomorrow. Luckily, we called the next day. We looked up uh, on bloody Gumtree, which is like the Australian Craigslist. Mm-hmm. And we found two guys with a truck. They were really cool. It was fucking hilarious. They were these two Japanese guys. One, it was a father and son team. And the, the, uh, the reason that I mentioned that they're Japanese is because the, Jap- the Jap- Japanese culture is very respectful, very much, very into respect. And so this guy was very respectful when he showed up. He showed up early. He, I wish they had, they didn't have a business card. They just were two guys in a truck. But it was hilarious when um, he, I would go up to the older gentleman. His name was Peter, and his son spoke no English. Peter spoke good English, and he would uh, he would say, "Yes, yes. Uh, what do you need?" I said, "Oh, when you move the bed, could you move this part first? Because when we put it back together, blah blah blah." He said, "Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No problem. No problem. Okay, no problem at all." And then he would turn to his son, and he would go, and he would scream at his fucking son in Japanese, and his son would jump and run and grab the bed and move out, and it was like a fucking, it was like a fucking comic book he would look at me and he would say yes yes of course sir yes no no yes i understand he's very happy and he said i've never lost a customer your stuff will be perfect when it gets to the next house and he turned to his son (laughs) he would go crazy (laughs) and i wish i knew what he was saying i wish i spoke japanese because i'm sure it was just like militant fucking orders but it was fucking hilarious so end of story we, we managed to move all the stuff in house and then it started pissing down raining and it's been pissing down raining for days. So I've gotten to move all the small stuff yeah. by myself in the car while it's pissing down rain. And now Fun. that's why my kids are sick. So that's the story, the epic story of Shim's move. So do you have everything moved then at this point? Is everything out and in the new house? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's done. Now I'm just I'm just doing the thing where you got to fix up the the scratches and paint dabs and stuff on the old place before you leave it. I'm just doing that right now. So that's where I'm going right after this. I got to go and that's I not put so on my bad. put on my work pants and my bandana and I'm getting <laughs> paint dirty and <laughs> All right. So we got a bunch of different things uh, to talk about. One of the things this was actually this was a question that was brought up on Twitter back in January, and I had it you know, lined up, ready to go, but um, I think we just kept getting sidetracked with the Joker and the Oscars and everything else like that in uh, previous podcasts. So this one comes from Tammy, and it's a question for you, and it says, my question, maybe one Shim doesn't want to talk about, and I understand if he doesn't want to answer, but I want to ask, why doesn't Shim talk about the EP Dog's Breakfast from Sick Puppy's Aussie (laughs) releases? I'd love to hear more about that album. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Um, do you know about Dog's Breakfast at all? We've never talked about it. I don't. Th- we haven't mentioned it on the podcast at all, no. No, no. Did, did you know it existed? Most people don't know it exists. I don't even think I knew okay, it so, existed. So, here, yeah, and most people don't. So, Tammy, that's awesome. Um, so, what I'll do is I'll give you a brief overview on it, and then if you have any specific questions on the EP, you're more than welcome to ask because I love talking about it, only because I never talk about it. So, here's the thing. 
when we started the band's career, um, I was 15, and uh, I made a feature film when I was 16 for anyone. I normally don't talk about it, and I don't go into detail. It was a kid's film. It was like a little Disney film, but it was an indie. It was called Selkie. It was about a boy that turns into a seal, and I was the lead character. Made a bunch of money, didn't have to pay tax on it because I was underage, and I said, great, what am I going to spend this money on? I'm going to make an EP for the band. So I used the money and I went out and I bought Emma a new bass amp and myself a new guitar amp and we got a new secondhand drum kit for myself and the guy who was playing drums. And we went and we recorded uh, eight songs. And it was in this studio that was in Redfern uh, in Sydney, which is a pretty gnarly place uh, in Sydney. And um, it was the first time we'd ever been to a real studio. And we just went in there and recorded. It was the first time we'd ever recorded and we did it on 24 track and it was done live and it was awesome. And I played drums on, I think I played drums on all the songs. Yeah, I played drums on all the songs, I think. Yeah. And um it was just the best songs that we had up to the time and the whole point of doing it was I want I don't know why I had a weird rationality that it had eight songs and I said no we're going to make it an eight song EP because if it's an EP people are more inclined to listen to it at labels but if it's an album it'll take them too long I had mm -hmm. a stupid reason for making a really long EP <laughs> like an EP should be four songs and I was like no but it's, it was basically a mini album and we made and I, I pressed I got my godfather at the time to design the cover and I pressed 500 copies and the deal with Emma and I was I would pay for everything and her contribution was that she would mail everything she would put together the pack she would go and buy all the packages uh, I bought a copy of the music industry directory that had all of the names and addresses of everyone in the music business in Australia so I went and bought all this stuff and I gave it to her and I said, look up all the people that we need to send it to, go and buy all the packaging. I, I paid for everything and she went and did the legwork and, uh, and then she sent it out to everyone and we got no responses. I think we got one response, but it's, this is a really interesting story, right? This is a really interesting story in regards to uh, the guy who played drums on my record, Dorian Crozier, who's amazing. You should look him up. He plays play, session drummer, played a bunch of stuff. He has this saying, which is just one of those things that people throw away, which is everything comes from something, mm -hmm. but it really is true. It's like every inch, every, every foothold, every step of the way that you go, it comes from something else that you've done. You got there because you took, you were doing something and it led to something else. Everything comes from something. And there's a, a, a band competition in Sydney that put us on the map. It's called Sydney Unearthed. And it's the biggest band competition in the country. And the year that they were doing the one in Sydney, which is the biggest city in the country, and it had 3,000 entries, we had actually put our demo in like the dog's breakfast we sent it to a, a re recording uh another recording company called damien gerard studios you remember all these fucking names later on and that recording studio was doing a local bands in sydney greatest hits so each band if they won the shot they go in they record one song and then they put it on this uh this variety mixtape that they were putting out so we went and did that and then we had a new song we had a new demo and then we took that demo and we sent it into Triple J's Unearthed and we won and that was our shot. But that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't made Dog's Breakfast. So like you do all these little, these things, they, they sort of daisy chain together into once we, once we won Unearthed, then we got offered a record deal and then we we're off and running. But none of it would have happened if I hadn't made that first EP, which is really quite bad. But the thing that's dope about that EP, if you go on YouTube, it's on YouTube. Um, there's only 500 copies, 300 of them got sent out. The other two are like lost in the abyss. Like I think some people bought them at a couple of shows that we played. Some are at my dad's house. 
you know they're just they're off they're around if you people pay like 500 bucks for them now like hardcore puppies fans mm-hmm. I, I found one guy brought one guy on, on the crucified tour he came to a show he had dogs breakfast i said where'd you get this i got it on ebay paid 800 bucks for it no i was kidding. like you should have come to me man i've got a few copies i would have sold it to you for 400 <laughs> <laughs> so but the the thing that's great about that EP is that you can really hear the teen angst, irreverence, I don't give a fuck, we're making this happen. There's this excitement and this energy that's in there and it's all off key and out of time, but it's fucking like, it's really intense and it's got that attitude. And it's really, you can hear like Metallica and Rage Against the Machine and Pearl Jam influences. I'm singing like a dick. I sound like a bad version of like eddie vetter and metallica and daniel johns kind of morphed together and then dumbed down to a five-year-old it's pretty pretty painful but so but it's why awesome. was but it that's the story of dog's breakfast why was it called dog's breakfast because the band was called sick puppies and the ep was very eclectic and apparently if something has different elements and it's kind of eclectic you call it a bit of a dog's breakfast mix of stuff and did any of that a bit of this stu- and a bit of that did any of the dog's breakfast stuff become something that the sick, you know, you guys did later on or was it just no, like, you no, like it was all that shit. all kind of shit. There's all nothing. Shit. Was there anything you'd shit. go back and, and, you know, maybe do, you yeah. know, pick another, yeah, yeah, yeah. there was at? one, there was, yeah, no, no, no. There's nothing I'd take another swing at, but there was one song that I've always loved. It's called No Hoper, right? And there's no this hoper. Thing, everything comes from some, no hoper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So here's the thing. Emma and I, there was, uh, everyone knows Silverchair, right? So we were, we worshipped Silverchair, everything Silverchair. And they started off in Newcastle. So one weekend, uh, the band decided to do a field trip uh, up to Newcastle just to go and see Newcastle, just to go and look around because that's where Silverchair was from. And what happens is as you're on the train from Sydney up to Newcastle, the people get more and more bogan as you go. They get more and more like trailer trash, yeah, and they fucking talk like this. They fucking talk like this. You fucking, you fucking think this and that. Oh, what the fuck would you know, you stupid mother? Oh yeah. And they they talk. They fucking. They just. They talk like that. And so there was this one time we were going up, and there were these four. We called them the. Uh, I think we called them the bitches of Wyong or the witches of Wyong, which was a station up to, on the way to to Newcastle. And there were these four girls who were about seventeen, and they just were fucking the typical 16, 17 year old girls that thought they knew everything, and they're in a pack of girls, so they're all trying to one up each other. And there was this one fucking girl that started talking shit uh, on Emma and the, the other three of us, or the two whoever we were with. And they were like, they just wanted to fucking pick a fight, and they 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 called us no hopers. They called us no hopers. Like you fucking, you're going nowhere. You fucking, you think you're gonna go up to Newcastle, and just because you visit Newcastle, you're gonna be as big as Silverchair. You're dreaming. You fucking dreaming. You fucking no hoper. You stupid fuck. And they were like, they they, and we wrote a song about them, and we literally parodied that conversation in this song, No Hoper, where it was like we literally took shit that they said to us and just flipped it, and were like, because the attitude was great. It was hilarious. We were sitting. I was writing shit down on the train. Like I've never heard that before. Never heard. <laughs> never heard the No Hoper. So really, there's nothing that you would go back, listen to it, and and, and uh, think like, hey, like maybe I would, I would like to do this one again, or maybe I can rewrite this one, or kind of rearrange this one no. at all. No, no way, no way, no, 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 because because I mean I don't think so. I think my stuff now is I mean it's 20 years now. I mean I wrote that shit when I was 15, 14. So no, I wouldn't I wouldn't go back. But it has no structure. It has no concept of hooks. I would take the energy. That's the thing. That's the thing that I've been noticing about music. I've been listening to a lot more stuff on online and bands and artists and especially and there's this there's this 
structure. It's very structured, right? It follows a very specific structure in terms of the basic blueprint structure of the song, the way the drums work with the melody, the fact that the melody goes up in this particular mode. There's no tempo changes. There's no breakdowns. There's no nothing really. It's very... With the other stuff, it was not like that. We just did whatever the fuck we wanted. The same way that we used to love the way that Metallica would do those weird changes that they would do, where they would just have an extra bar at the end of a phrase, or they would cut a bar in half, or they would just play an extra... You know, fucking weird. Mm-hmm. And we go, yeah, we're going to do shit like that. We don't know how to do it. We're just going to copy Metallica. <laughs> but now... <laughs> Not, not so much. So I'd take, I'd take that energy, but I would use the structuring that I've learned over years of songwriting and I would take that energy and be like, all right, here's the structure. Here's a great melody. Here's a great message. Now, how do we fuck it up and take that energy and put it in there? But I wouldn't go back to old songs and try to rehash them. I say, let, let the past be the past. It, it just, it's like when bands do shitty covers or you see some guy from 10 years ago, 20 years ago playing the one hit that he had and it's like, oh, that's right. That's all you ever did. Like, fucking leave it. Let it go. Do new shit. Would you ever perform any of it live now? Would you perform No Hopers live? I'd do it if fans begged for it. Like if it was really something that the fans really wanted to hear and it had a reason. Mm-hmm. But no, I don't think I'd... Well, if one or enough- two people ask for it, I'd say, yeah, maybe. If, if a couple of people ask for it, I'd say, nah, I'm sorry. But if like a lot of people were like campaigned, yeah, all right, fuck it, let's do it. Well, hopefully enough people have... Uh- uh, heard this on the podcast and they're going to start uh, bombarding you with messages yeah, right. about you need to relearn No Hopers oh, so we can uh, hear it live the next time you do a tour. Uh, okay, so yeah. <laughs> uh, next question here that we had on social media. This one comes from a good friend, Lucia. And uh, she was asking, and it's interesting because you were talking about how uh, you were talking about listening to other music and kind of how it's arranged and all the different parts and everything. Mm. And she was asking about um, Halsey. And Halsey just released her third record. Um, it's a pop album, but she would love to hear our opinion um, on her music, really. It's very mellow. It's happy. It's acoustic. Uh, I'm not really familiar. And you, and if, if you aren't familiar, this will just kind of be a little put a pin in it conversation so that we can come back to it because... I know of Halsey. Um, she performed. We were watching a Saturday Night Live, uh, my wife and I, and the kid was also in the room. And unfortunately, with Halsey, very sexual when she's on stage, like too much for when the kid was in the room. So we would fast forward through that part of the Saturday Night Live episode where she was the um, where she was the, the, the music yeah, yeah. performer. Um, but are you familiar with Halsey, or or is this no. something that I've heard? <laughs> I've heard of her. I know that she's definitely popular. I haven't heard. I, I know that I've heard a couple of her songs, but if I was going to comment on it, let's put a pin in it and talk about it next week. And I'll actually spend an hour going through her stuff and learning about it. And uh, because I, if I say anything now, it'd just be uneducated. Well, it'd be in two weeks because we record these. Oh yeah. Well, we, if we do a couple on <laughs> that. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, in case we'll for anybody who didn't know who wants to, you know, unveil the curtain a little bit. So Chim and I try to record a couple of these at a time so that, um, you know, we can kind of get them in the bank and then, and then release them. So unfortunately, Lucia, it'll probably be coming up. I would say end of February is when we'd be able to get to that. So it'll give us a chance to kind of listen to it and then also kind of get a, a feel yeah, and a vibe should for be long enough. So, Jesus, yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So the next thing I have here, um, cause as this episode is dropping, it is February 10th. And Valentine's Day is right around the corner. Is that a thing? Oh, like, it, like, do you guys get bombarded down in Australia where there's hearts and chocolates and flowers and teddy bears and all of the same oh, stuff God, that happens here in the United States? Does that happen in Australia? 
You know what? I'm actually really glad that you reminded me because I should probably think of something to do for Valentine's Day. <laughs> uh, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Um, I personally don't... I mean, I, I mean, every guy calls bullshit and every girl is like, yeah, I know it's just a corporate vacation day that's designed to take your money, but where are my flowers? Yeah. You know, yep. like, I don't... Like, everyone says the same fucking shit. So... Um, you just have to eat it. You just go, yeah, it's Valentine's Day. You, they bombard every woman with, it's Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Tell your man to buy shit. And I, you, you, I don't think that men really get anything. I mean, I don't. have you ever gotten a Valentine's Day present? Have um, you ever been given one? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't think it's ever, I mean, it's usually, hey, here's a card or something. It, you know, and I'm fine with that. But I don't think I've ever, I don't know if I've ever received a gift gift on Valentine's Day. I do remember this was a few Valentine's Days ago. This was the first Valentine's Day that I had with my wife. And we had been together at this point for just a few months. But at that point, I already knew, like, I'm I'm going to marry this woman. I knew very early right. on dating her, this is the woman that I'm going to marry. And I was living in my apartment. It was this tiny little apartment here in El Paso. There's a little one bedroom, not a lot of light. Like there was just two windows on one side. The vast majority of the apartment's kind of tucked in this back corner, and there's almost no natural light in this apartment. Um, but I, and I was going to make her a dinner. It was going to be steak and lobster, and it was going to be amazing, and there was going to be flowers and a gift and the whole nine yards and everything else. And I'd already decided this was going to be the first time I told her that I love her. Like this was my plan going into it. So I got everything planned out. I'm getting everything ready to go. I'm making dinner. What are you saying? I'm saying, wow. I'm doing like people who are listening going, oh my God. Oh. (laughs) So I'm doing all this stuff. And as I'm cooking, I'm making the lobster tails and they're in the stove. And something happened happened where like something spilt. And the whole apartment is engulfed in smoke. And it looks like the whole place is burning down. So at the time, my girlfriend, my now wife, I hear this knock on the door. And so, and I'm like, oh shit. So I'm like, I got the windows open and I'm like wafting out the window with a towel trying to get the, the smoke alarms going off at this point. And all of a sudden, like, and she sees this and like, she, or like, like the smell is hitting or something. So it gets like a little bit faster. Like, holy crap. Like, is he in there? So I come, I, I swing the door open, and I answer it. I'm like, I promise I'm okay. I'm not burning the apartment down, but something spilled and now it's smoky and it's just like just smoke barreling <laughs> out of, out of the front door. God bless her. She, you know, she toughed it out. The whole apartment smelt like smoke like that for the rest of the night. I was thinking like, you know, it's going to smell like the flowers and the dinner that I'm making. It's going to be amazing. Oh, no, no, it smells like smoke and it was horrific, but uh, in the long run, I was able to. We had a really nice dinner. She toughed it out. Um, we were, uh, you know, I was able to do the whole I love you thing. Um, and then, you know, fast forward, you know, a couple of years later, we were getting married. So apparently it all worked. And at this point, I still don't know what the hell I'm going to do for this one because, with, you know, I, God, with life sir, kicking I, in, it's just, it's trying to find time to in? do things is, no, the li- like like life, like life wasn't kicked. Life, yeah, I know. Like life hadn't kicked in before. Life, life wasn't kicked in before. Like I thought, Mm. life has been in for a while, bro. No, not at that time. At that time, I had a lot of free time on my hands. Not, not nowadays. Nowadays, I'm, you know, I have almost no free time whatsoever. Here's the thing. All right, I'll tell you. Like the the best thing about my 
one of the best things about my girl. And um, you have this thing with women, right? When it comes to Valentine's Day and when it comes to... They, they, they compete, right? They can, And I've noticed it a lot with kids. They compete like, well, my kid can do can read at this age and mm-hmm. fucking blah, 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 right? They compete about their kids. They also compete about their husbands. Well, my husband built the shack out the back with his bare hands. Did, what, what did your, does your husband build anything? And uh, well, my husband made this much money last year. I mean, and they can't really ask how much money, but they all fucking compete. Valentine's Day, you better believe. They're like, look what my husband got me. And... The, when it comes time, like I, I might buy my, my wife something. What I usually do is if I see something that I know my, my girl's going to like or something that she says she's, she likes and she's dropping the hint, I'll buy it, I'll pop it in the pocket, pop it in the bag. And then when there's a nice night and it's a good time, you know, here's a, here's saw this thought of you. I just wanted to buy you something. You do it on a, why? Happy Tuesday. It's fucking Tuesday. Here's a present. Mm-hmm. Not because I was told by the corporate blah, blah. Now that's a very, you know, all that's that shit the guys do where they're like, I'm not going to let corporate America tell me when I should blah, blah. Yes, it's partly that. The other part is it's much more meaningful if you buy a little key ring and you say, oh, this this has that little catchphrase that you like, uh, you know, don't talk to me before coffee. Here's, or, here it is on a key ring thought of you. And they just fucking love it. And it's great. The other thing is when the time comes for other women to say, well, my husband bought me. This is what my husband got me. He got me uh, the the big the big flowers and the big chocolates. What'd your husband get you? And my wife drops it like... Uh, an awesome life with two healthy kids that he takes care of every day and he's present and uh, and brings home the bacon and loves us unconditionally. That's what my husband got me. But he does that every day. What would your husband do again? Because isn't that the guy who fucking got... Isn't your husband the guy that like got fired from his job for not being able to keep his head straight and fucking, you know, doesn't doesn't do this and, and goes off with his friends on all weekend and stays out till 2 a.m. at the pub and doesn't call. And is, that's your husband, right? But but it's Valentine's Day. So today he's different. Ah. Like it's, she just calls bullshit. She'll just call bullshit. And, and that, that's not every guy. There's a lot of guys that are cool and they'll buy big and whatever. But there are other there's always my, my wife's bullshit meter is pretty fucking low and it's actually getting lower to the point where she'll actually if, if if a friend comes there's a couple of friends that have come back and been like they've been like this and she just says oh i'm gonna i'm gonna just gonna block them i'm done with them mm-hmm. like they haven't like what have they they haven't contributed anything to my life for years they're friends from our you know early 20s that we used to go clubbing with and now they're just not the same person and you just you just you 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 ex- exercise these people out of your life once they've proved that they're really just doing that thing they compete with you they don't they try to bring you down they try to bring in some negative energy and when you and you like you said life is happening man you got no time left you got no time for these fucking types of people and valentine's day brings out the best in people it also brings out the worst sometimes because it is competitive it's not based on any ritual it's not based on a religion it's not a birthday it's just how much do you fucking love me show it say it do it yeah well unfortunately there's hints dude unfortunately that's how like a lot of people think one of the things that i do enjoy doing is uh sending a nice big bouquet of flowers to my wife's work just because i know it's going to get a reaction from everybody else in that office to be like ah gotcha uh and especially it's gonna like for this one for this year it's especially going to be crucial because my wife just switched jobs she's working in a new place she's only been there i think maybe three weeks or something like that so just, you know, spend a little extra on this one and go ahead and do that. But at this point with my wife, it's really for Valentine's Day. Let's go. Let's let's splurge a little bit. Let's let's go someplace we normally don't go to and have a really nice dinner and then just enjoy the company. Like red lobster. Red lobster. And some cheddar bay biscuits. <laughs> um, yeah. No, Outback Steakhouse. No, here's the fun. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll get fucked. No, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one thing that I thought was hilarious. This is this is this is one of the best ones that I ever dropped. Right. Uh, when I was first touring and we were touring really heavily and my wife and I were doing long distance uh, we still do long distance but at that time it was like three months at a time the women at her work would be like oh you poor thing you know you poor thing and they would really look down on her and they'd ask her things like oh well how long do you think it's going to last how much longer do you think you have and they would ne- and they would always and they didn't know me they'd never met me we'd never gone out they just were like yeah some guy in a band always probably off just doing whatever the fuck he wants so on my birthday I sent her a massive bouquet of flowers to work to put up on her desk mm-hmm. so all the all the those fucking bitches at her work were like oh is it your birthday oh we didn't know it was your birthday and she just turned around and said no no it's my husband's he sent or my it was boyfriend at the time he, my boyfriend sends me flowers on his birthday and they would just melt into themselves and go that mother god why can't i find a guy that does <laughs> and i and i'm not i don't do that every year i did it twice on the years when i was gone for a long time just to shut these fucking women up because they were messing with my girl and i was like you, you, that's actually a pretty cool thing to do you go well what, how does it how, how does it benefit me makes my girl really happy and I like hearing her voice on the other end of the phone where she's like oh, I had a great day felt really good got some flowers at the start for no, for, for your birthday you know it's it that that's that's thinking outside the box stuff is so much better than fucking Valentine's Day well and it takes no more effort it's not as no more expensive no more time and energy it's just a different timing that's all mm-hmm. it is well and that's the thing with me is that you know I try to like I'm like you like it, it brings me joy when my wife's happy and it, it like and there's a lot of people like oh it's just because you know you don't want her to be angry or you know upset with you or whatever like no like legitimately that's a that's a plus well but le- plus. legitimately <laughs> for me my wife's laugh makes me happy I love it when she laughs I love it when she's in a good mood like she's just like that, that's that's the reason I married her like she's an amazing person and I, I don't half our listeners just switched off the moment you said I love the way my wife half our all of our male listeners are like that's enough that's <laughs> well, enough good fuck we don't need fucking them. UFC um, we're gonna watch UFC fucking poke but that's but that, and that's the thing is that that you know I know that there are difficult times I know that there's a lot of like stress that, that comes with life and it's those times when I try to make sure I kind of do something special or, or do something more for her to, to let her know that I, look I'm right here with you like you're not doing this stuff alone like there was when we were first started dating um she had this really big test coming up it's something that she had been working on for months and months and months it was a really big test and it actually landed on my birthday like she was taking no I'm sorry she was taking the test the day after my birthday so I went out of my way and I think my birthday was on a Friday that year so I went I, I made sure to go buy um an orchid and because that's her uh, favorite flower. I went to go pick this up uh, with a card to let her know because she was really, really, I mean, just incredibly stressed out about this thing. So then I made sure to go and uh, um, get this. And all I did was I went and put it on her doorstep and I left it right there for her for when she got home from work that day. Um, another th- another time it was when she just recently changed jobs. She had been at this one job for like seven years. And she and as it, the, the day came closer that she was going to be done with this job, you could sense the nervousness in here in her you could sense the stress and she's going to be leaving some really good close friends that she's been working with for seven years um so i just went and i picked up just a couple of little trinkets and just a card and i wrote her a nice note that just the synopsis was no matter what you do in life i'm going to be here with you i'm going to be right next to you holding your hand to go through all of this stuff with you so no matter what happens today know that when you come home i'm going to be here waiting for you and it was and she told me she's like it was one of the best things i could have had at that moment because as she's 
stressed out, as she's worrying about how this day is going to go, as she's nervous about all this other stuff, it was just a reminder. And that's all that needs to be sometimes. It's just a reminder to let her know I'm there for her. You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah. And that's that's what they want you to do on Valentine's Day, but it's so much more meaningful if you do it on a day when they actually fucking need it. Exactly. All right, well, that's a good way to wrap up this uh, episode, me talking about all the amazing things I do for my wife. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so we got a whole bunch of stuff that we're coming up on the next episode. Um, I'm going to be talking to Shim about Reddit. He's got an interesting story um, about the band Hurt. And uh, a few other things that we have in line for the next episode of Rockstar 101. Again, if you guys want to get a hold of us, we are available on social media. You can find Shim. He's over on Twitter. It is at Shimmore, S-H-I-M-M-O-O-R-E. You can find me over on Instagram. It is the real Brandalorian is where you can find me over there. You can always uh, post a, uh, a question to us. You could always uh, direct message us a question as well. Topics, questions, anything. Uh, that you might want discussed on Rockstar 101 by all means. Or if you have a comment about something that maybe we talked about and you don't want it brought up in the podcast, but uh, maybe it's just something you want a little more clarification on about something, whatever that may be, by all means, feel free to go ahead and do that. And on that note, his name is Shim. He's the Rockstar. His name is Brandon. He is the DJ. Class dismissed. Class dismissed.